Hey there, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. I'm thrilled to welcome a fellow food industry consultant and brand coach, Chelsea Rainey, on our show today. You guys are going to love her. She and I are chatting all about building your product line with logic, how you use market research to build the foundation for your brand, how to continue to use data to scale, and how to measure the effectiveness of your research. We have a lot to cover today. So don't forget, if you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Facebook group. We've got a really fantastic group of emerging and growing food businesses in there who are working through the same exact challenges that you are. I would love to see you in there and I'll link to our group in today's show notes. All right, let's get going. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, my online course for emerging food brands who are looking to grow their wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for three years, and I've had over 150 brands enroll in the course. Through videos and workbooks and checklists and templates and live coaching calls with me, plus 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. I'd love to see you join us when the course opens again. So jump on the wait list to be the first to know when I welcome new students. You can find that wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading retail ready. Hey there, Chelsea, and welcome to the show. Hey, Allie. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so happy that you agreed to come on the show today. <laughs> talk all about building a brand based off logic. I mean, you yes. had so much experience from nearly a decade in food and beverage sales to marketing, to doing R&D for brands and assisting producers with FDA compliant product packaging. I mean, you've done a lot in the industry. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I bet that like decade went pretty quickly too. Um, yes. But before we dive into the like juicy content that you're going to share with us today, I would love for you to tell our audience more about yourself and what you do in the food industry. Sure. Um, so currently I work as a food business consultant and brand coach under Colonistics. Um, but to give you a little background on how I started, I actually started out as a food service entrepreneur. I started a bakery catering service that I ran single-handedly out of my college dorm. And I was able to expand to service the DFW Metroplex under the Cottage Food Law in Texas. Um, I actually was able to simultaneously work as a nutrition researcher doing a three-year-long research study um, on consumer purchasing habits within the baked good industry. And then, like you said, from there, I kind of branched out and got some corporate experience in sales, marketing, FDA compliant, quality assurance, things of that nature. And then in March of last year, 2018, I launched Colonistics, where I consult with aspiring food and beverage entrepreneurs to pretty much 
fine tune their entrepreneurial mindset mindset and focus their brand strategy based on market research and industry trends. Oh, I love that. I love that you have the experience of starting your own product. So you know exactly what your clients are going through, especially with some of that mindset, mindset stuff too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about building a brand with logic. And Chelsea, I was fired up when we started brainstorming on this because I feel (laughs) like it's a step that's often totally overlooked by emerging brands. Agreed. So tell us more about why it's important for brands to use market research as they build their business. Sure. So I like to think of it kind of like a concentric circle diagram or like an onion, if you will, um, with three layers. So the inside layer, and which I think is the most important, is going to be basically you and your brand. Um, Conducting market research allows you to build confidence during your development and trial stages of your product or your brand. It gives you those reference points that you need that are integral to providing that foundation and giving you direction as you launch and scale. And then next would be the the middle layer, which is your customers. Market research, it allows you to have tangible attributes and statistics that that you can use to understand your ideal demographics so that you can target those consumers um, that would be interested in your product based on strategic brand and product development. And then your outside layer, of course, is going to be your market. So by conducting this market research, you're able to obtain what I call big data or large data sets that establish patterns and trends and help you to understand the current market and determine a market forecast for where your sector is headed. It basically allows you to identify gaps within the market and you can create your competitive advantage within your brand based on what you find in your research phase. Oh, I, I love that. I love the analogy of the onion. So <laughs> the let's let's recap. The the core of the onion, the very center part, is you and your and your brand. And your brand. Right? Yes. That that secondary layer is um the, your customers. Your customers. And then the outside is is the market. Your market, the market as a whole. Mm, great. Um I, I love that. I can, I can just picture a, a diagram that we can create for these listeners that really. Yes, for that. Sure. I, I love to visualize things, especially um, when I'm working in my own business or with my clients, I love to create visual pictures that kind of help us to understand the, the baseline of what we're trying to do. Yeah. And I imagine if you have one of those pieces out of whack, you don't create a successful brand, right? Yes, very, very true. If you don't understand each of those individual layers, then your market research isn't going to make sense for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I always, when I work with clients, I I caution them from creating a product based off gut decisions and based mm-hmm based solely off of passion, we need mm-hmm. to find, we need to find the place where it, it benefits a, cer- a certain segment in the marketplace, right? Yes. Yes. Definitely agree with that. 100%. Okay. So you've convinced me, let's say I'm a food entrepreneur, <laughs> you've convinced me that it is important to use market research, but there, like what, where do I go from there? What qualifies good data? How do I find the data? Like where do I go from here? Okay. So 
In terms of how do you go about getting the data? Um, so whether I'm doing research for a specific client or if I'm generating a research report for my own business colonistics, I typically follow a three-part process. Um, first, you wanna understand the intent of your research. What questions will the research answer? Then you wanna decide what metrics and quantifiers would best provide an answer to those questions. And then last, you wanna outline your plan for your research. So how will the answers be used within your brand or product development? Um, so for example, let's say we are a specialty confectionery manufacturer. We're already selling at a farmer's market and we're looking to expand into grocery re retail. Uh, I have oh, got this, I've got this brand pictured in my mind. I've <laughs> I've worked with this person like I said, before. I told you I'm all about the visuals. I'm trying to give all the examples. I like, love this. Okay. So <laughs> someone is a um, they're selling at farmers markets. Where do they go? Okay. So first you want to understand the intent of your research. Maybe you're wondering where would your product be most successful? How should you price your product? Um, should you look into e-commerce as opposed to in-store sales? What, what are we trying to do here? Then you want to establish your metrics. So if you are selling at the farmer's market, you're going to try to get into grocery retail, you're gonna to wanna to understand your geographic statistics, your consumer demographics, your purchasing habits. Um, you'll also maybe wanna look at industry sales reports comparing between e-commerce and in-store sales so you have a better idea of where you should distribute your product. And then last, the plan for your research. You intend to use this research maybe to uh, determine which regions to distribute, which sales channels to explore, and how to market to your product to retailers. Um, so that's the three-step process that I like to use because it basically lets you know where you're trying to go with this research, what you're trying to do with it. And then from there, if you're trying to qualify the data, basically, Data quality is incredibly, incredibly important when we are discussing creating a foundation. Obviously, I've said foundation like multiple times in this conversation, <laughs> but market research is all about building a foundation. Um, if the data that you compile through your market research is able to fit the criteria or the three-step process that we were just talking about, if it's able to fill in all those, those needs and quantifiers, then you can pretty much consider it to be quality data. Um, but there's also some things that you'll want to take a look at as well. Um, the first thing I like to look at is the credibility. You want to make sure that the source that you're using is a credible source. Typically, if you're um, sourcing from an industry organization or an established research firm, then you should be good to go. Uh, you'll also want to look at the timetable. So if you're talking about um, looking into what you should do now, you don't want to have data from 10, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Of course, yeah, you want to have current, current information. Yeah. And you can even look into information that's, you know, forecasting into a couple years in the future. And then you also want to look at, and this is one thing I feel like a lot of people overlook, um, but you also want to look at the methodology of the research. How was the data accumulated and vetted by the source that you're looking at? Um, yeah, that's it. I, yeah, I think that's really interesting because I often feel like we can manipulate the data in any way we want. And yeah. so if I, for example, were a confectioner who were trying to pitch her product to a, a retailer, I might find a report that says handmade confections are up 27% from last year and use that to craft my buyer pitch. But lo and behold, like if that buyer digs deeper, that that report was paid for by confectioners of America or something, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I love that idea of thinking, thinking about the credibility behind it and, right. you know, who paid, who paid for it, where are you getting your source and how are you, how are you using it? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like market research to me always feels so daunting, but your three-step process and the, the ways of qualifying, if it is credible, make it seem pretty straightforward. Yeah, it can be very straightforward. Um, I feel like there's kind of a stigma when it comes to market research, especially for uh, startup food entrepreneurs. I feel like people tend to seem, think that it is, you know, unattainable, unaffordable, whatever the case may be, but it really doesn't have to be that way. You just really need to know what you're trying to do, where you can need to find it and when you should find that information. Well, so that leads me to the next question, which is as a startup, where is the best find to fi- place to find the, that qualified data? Sure. So like I said, it doesn't need to have a stigma around it. Mm-hmm. Depending on your budget and the scope of your research, you can choose to conduct external or internal market research to best satisfy your specific needs. So when it comes to external research, this is where you can look at industry research websites and articles. Um, especially for startups, this is a great place to look for research data, trends, and statistics. A few of my favorites, NOSH, BevNet, Supermarket News, um, SpecialtyFood.com, BakingBusiness.com, any type of industry resource website will pretty much have trends and data that you can pull from. Um, I like to also sign up for email subscription lists. That way you get frequent notifications of information and data that may be of interest to you. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, outside of websites and articles, you can look into industry reports. So there are free and paid research reports. One of uh, the great resources that I pull from is Mintel.com. They have a lot of free pay- free reports that you can look into. Of course, they have paid ones that are um, quite hefty in price, <laughs> but they, of course, uh, supply you with the information that you need. Uh, you can also look into Statista.com. That is on a subscription-based model if you're looking into that sort of thing. Um, Colonistics, my business, we also are pulling together industry reports as well on an annual basis. And then you, of course, can look into um, your research websites and articles, like I had mentioned before. Um, At the end of the year, a lot of them publish state of the industry reports and forecasted trends for the the year to to come. Mm. So I think that that's also a great resource um, for industry reports. And then if you are, uh, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? I was going to say, you you just listed a whole bunch of gems there. <laughs> and what I'll do for our listeners is I'll link some of them in the show notes. So if, okay. if our listeners are driving and they're like, oh no, I didn't catch that. I'll make sure that we've got the, the resources for them. Okay, awesome. Perfect. And so you were starting to talk about the, when is the right time to conduct market research? You were talking about that, almost that annual calendar of publication. Um, and, and that leads to like, so sure the entrepreneurs are potentially looking at year end reports or year end summaries. How do they know when in their own life cycle, they should be looking at conducting market research? Yes, that is a great question and one that I get from a lot of my clients and, you know, just people that I catch on social media. Pretty much the best case answer that I could apply across the board would be prior to launching, whether you are just getting started and you are about to launch your entire brand 
or if you're launching maybe a line extension with a new product, you definitely want to do your market research to, again, create that foundation prior to your launch. Um, it's important to utilize that information that you find within your research to set you up for success as you begin to flesh out your concepts and determine the most appropriate strategies to implement in terms of branding, marketing, distribution, or whatever the case may be. Gotcha. So the sooner, the better is what I'm yes, hearing. Definitely. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, thank you so much for, for dropping all of that knowledge on us. I'm going to take a quick break here, and then we'll talk about what do you do with all of this information that you've, you've gathered um, when we get back. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. All right, hang tight. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and to have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I would love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again soon. So jump on the wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com and save your spot. Okay, so we're back. So we've talked about the importance of using market research to establish the foundation of your brand. We talked about, Chelsea, your three steps to finding good data. We talked about whether or not, how you can figure out whether it's, um, you know, uh, quality data, right? We talked about where are some places that these entrepreneurs can find research. And then we talked about the timing. So time of year and time in their business. But once they've done all that research and they've gathered all this information, what do they do with it? Well, I think it really depends on the purpose of your market research. Will the data be used to maybe supplement your brand development or your product development? Uh, will it be used to supplement your marketing strategy? What are you really using this research for? But generally speaking, the implementation of your market research is where creativity begins to come, in, come into play. Uh, so let's circle back to our original example of the confectioner who is selling at farmer's markets looking to expand into grocery retail. Right. Uh, we said that we were going to conduct this research to determine which regions to distribute, which sales channels to explore, and how to market the product to retailers. So now that we've un understood all of that, now that we're going to implement, uh, maybe we can say that the data should be used as a starting point to curate a list of retailers to pitch to based on sales and customer purchasing habits. Uh, we could say that the data, um, we can implement it to understand the terminology that we'll want to use when we're pitching to speak to a competitive advantage in the marketplace, or we could even determine what product claims to include on the product pack packaging uh, to reach a specific consumer demographic. Uh, as food entrepreneurs, I feel like we all have kind of like a creative streak inside of us. <laughs> when I'm working with my clients, I like to use those research findings to basically visualize the next steps. If we're going to identify a customer profile and really visualize that person, maybe develop a brand design mood board or come up with an editorial calendar, it just starts from pulling from the established ground zero or foundation and creatively thinking of how you can apply that to what's at hand. Yeah, I, I love that. What happens if you pull the data and it's not what you want? Like what if it like what if it doesn't support your business idea? 
basically, you'll just have to go back to square one. You'll basically have to circle back and figure out what those gaps are that that you may have missed in your original market or your original market research plan mm-hmm. and fill in those gaps. Whatever you may have missed, go back to square one and just fill it in, start over, maybe find some new sources and go from there. Yeah, it's better to know from the beginning, right? That Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, once you've implemented within your brand, how do you measure the effectiveness of your research? Okay, so like you said, it's better to know at the beginning, but let's say that you didn't figure all that out in the beginning. <laughs> you actually launched and, you know, you want to determine if it was effective or not. So, it pretty much falls under trial and error. And with that said, I feel like the best way to measure the effectiveness is to analyze once you've implemented. Mm -hmm. It's pretty straightforward um, based on your brand image, which is how your brand is actually perceived in the marketplace, and your brand equity. And that's basically how much value customers place on your brand. Once you take a look at those two things, you'll be able to gauge the effectiveness of your research. If your brand is being well-perceived by customers, if your product is jumping off of shelves, if customers are willing to pay whatever price point you've established, then it's pretty safe to say that your market research was effective. But on the opposite side of things, if your product isn't moving quickly or you're not attracting the right demographic, then you probably missed the mark somewhere. And like we said before, you got to go back to square one, circle back, identify those gaps and, you know, go from there. Yeah. And I find that so interesting too, because when we, and I'm sure you and I have both experienced this, when we have a client who has slow sales, going back to the beginning and figuring out where they missed the mark can be a bit challenging, right? Is is it the price point? Is it the colors on the packaging? Is it the sales channels? Is it the (laughs) copy? Like it's, I mean, it's so, it's so interesting. I like thinking about it like a big puzzle, but it's so interesting to unpack those pieces and try to figure out where they missed the mark. And I love the idea of using market research to, to help create your hypothesis. Yes, definitely. Your brand image, your brand equity are definitely two different things that you can look at once you've implemented that research to understand which piece of that puzzle you need to work on. Yeah, smart, smart. So then <laughs> let's say you're you're cranking, you're getting up and running, you're you're happy with your sales. Do you then continue to do market research? How do, how do you know how often to do it? Like what are some major points in your business expansion where you might revisit the data? Right. So like we said earlier, you definitely want to do your market research when you're planning on a launch. So at a minimum, definitely as you plan to launch a new offer within your brand as you continue to expand. Um, But I feel like it's more appropriate to establish recurring frequencies in which you'll reanalyze the market Mm -hmm. so that you can remain aligned with current demand and trends within your category. Um, So this is something that you can pretty much set up based on your business model and your sales mix, but you could do anywhere from annually, biannually, quarterly, monthly, whatever you feel like fits the needs of your sales. Yeah. And that makes sense. So then you would use the research to perhaps um, introduce a new SKU to the marketplace or a new flavor or get into a new retailer, you know, Uh whatever. Or limited offers, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And again, it goes back to that idea of uh, building a I was going to say building a business based off logic, right? The title of this episode, <laughs> um, making sure that you're, you're building a business with intention rather than just what feels right. 
Right. And I feel like in our space, especially in the food world, it's so hard to kind of step back from your passion and really look at things from a logical standpoint, because we all love, you know, the product that we are looking to launch or that we have developed. We all love it so much. And it's so hard to kind of step back outside of ourselves and look at it from a, will our customers love this? Will our industry love this? Will they appreciate it as much as we do? Um, And doing that market research kind of allows you to get perspective into what's really going on and whether or not your product may be successful. Oh, that's such, that's such an important note that passion can only drive us so far and we're all so connected to the products that we're launching. It's Mm -hmm. important to get that outside perspective. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you, Chelsea, for being here with us today. I mean, I know that you just, you just dropped so many little nuggets of wisdom (laughs) for my (laughs) listeners. Um, And I know that people are going to want to keep in touch with you. So where can people learn more and how can people stay in touch with you? Where can they find you? Okay, so you can definitely find myself or my business on our website, www.colonistics.com. We are also on Instagram at Colonistics or myself personally at Chelsea J. Rainey. Uh, You can also find me on LinkedIn, my name, Chelsea J. Rainey, or of course, you can email me, Chelsea at Colonistics.com. Fantastic. And like I said before, I will link all of those in the show notes and people will absolutely be able to keep in touch with you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chelsea. It was really a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, it was definitely my pleasure as well. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, food biz whizzes. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Again, if you'd like to continue the conversation, come on over to our private Facebook group where we are chatting about the episodes, dropping in bonus content and freebies and asking clarifying questions. I'll link to that group, like I said, along with all of Chelsea's information in our show notes. Thanks for listening and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.